What's up, Whisper Nation? We are back again, the Fantasy Whispers. I'm Johnny Game Time. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Game Time. And we are talking about those five burning questions that we've got heading into week one. The preseason is now over. We're about to clear the last wave of final cuts. We've got some big questions that we want to answer and dive into for you, Whisper Nation, as we head into week one. I can't believe it's already here, Travis. Let's hit that intro, baby. Right here. That's right. As Johnny said, we are going to be talking the five biggest questions, our five biggest questions heading into week one of the 2021 fantasy football season. But if you like that fresh fantasy football content, you like that daily grind that we're going to get on for you guys and you want more of it consider subscribing to the youtube channel and giving us uh, giving this and other videos a like on your way in that being said welcome in whisper nation my name is big travi you can find me on twitter at big travi tfw i'm joined by johnny game time hicks who you can find on twitter at johnny underscore game time johnny what's going on man a lot of things working right now obviously football's upon us we've got our league of record draft this weekend uh you know you've got a fresh new haircut fresh new beard trim what else is going on in your life, man? Um, well, obviously, I need to read my own Twitter name because that in the intro. So that was that was. Um, there's just so much going on, and it is. I mean, this is the best time of the year. If it's not the best time of the year for you, you need to find a league that gets together, or at least you all jump on the same kind of screen together and you could uh, trash talk each other's picks as well as, uh, you know, just give each other a good time. Have a good time. This is the best time of the year you all get together. It's like Christmas, Travis. I'm starting to get, like, my nights of sleep are starting to get shorter and shorter and, like, I keep waking up in the middle of the night with, like, butterflies in my stomach, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think this is like Christmas in the middle of or in the beginning of September, I should say, not middle of August. And that was a little bit of a brain fart, but I, I could not agree more. I'm super jacked on this. And, you know, just a reminder to our listeners that, you know, the final draft season pushes upon us and the Fantasy Whispers draft kit is officially here. It's been here and it's been updated this entire time. Our draft kit is fully loaded with premier projections and player rankings, consistency charts with over three years worth of data, cheat sheets, strength of schedule charts, and so much more. If you're drafting in the next few days right before the season starts the tfw draft kit is for you and it's available for an industry low 15 dollars. so head on over to the fantasywhispers.com and get your draft kit today johnny before we talk about the show we've got to get into a little bit of news and notes from around the league and as you said we had that final round of cuts we had preseason wrapping up and so I just want to be able to talk a little bit about this and say the fantasy impact. So we'll start, um, you know, the drill, we're going to work through some of these news and notes, and then you're just going to tell me what you think is the biggest impact for fantasy football for whisper nation. You won't want to, <laughs> want to say that we appreciate everybody coming in here and watching right now. Those, uh, you know, views are coming up right now. Just hit that like and subscribe on your way into the YouTube channel. As we work through these news and notes, Johnny, first one on the docket, Marquise Brown. Wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens will participate in practice uh, this week. And the source is Jeff Zrebeck of The Athletic. Johnny, uh, Marquise Brown dealing with some injury here. The whole Ravens staff dealing with injuries. <laughs> Have you, let me, a personal question here. Have you drafted Marquise in a lot of, uh, drafts this year I have not had I have one share of Marquise and I'll tell you what happened I was drafting while bartending 
and I had an auto pick one auto pick uh, while I was doing this draft. I shout out to the you going learn today league. Uh, they drafted in Nashville. I wasn't able to make it for this live draft this year with them, uh, but they uh, yeah, I auto picked Marquise Brown and that and I have tried to drop him almost every day. I have to try and figure <laughs> out somebody who to get, but nobody on the waivers is enticing. I, I'm just going to pray for the upside with Marquise here. There is upside potential, but man, it is, I don't know exactly where to place him. He's one of those guys that because of the Bateman injury as well, when will Bateman come back and what will that effect have on him? I don't know, man. I just, it's hard for me to draft him. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, 100% uh, a little bit scared of Marquise Brown. Moving along, uh, updating a previous report, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz is considered a close contact to someone who tested positive for COVID-19 and can return to practice in five days if he does not show any symptoms and test negative, according to a source. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported that. The universe does not want Carson Wentz to Yeah, succeed. there's some. That's just... Maybe they maybe this is. is the uh, adversity he needed to face to go ahead and become the next level of Carson Wentz that he needed. But uh, I don't let's I don't vote. know if let's I'm Houston quarterback, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson is not close to being traded at this time after multiple reports that we had that, you know, Miami and Philly were going to be trading for him. Uh, and the Texans are prepared to keep him on their active roster and have him on the inactive list each week, according to sources. Uh, this was from Sports Talk 790 Aaron Wilson. Johnny, are you buying that this is going to be the case? Or are they going to look to maybe try and push him at the dre- deadline? What do you think here? I think that, yeah, teams are a little reluctant to give up as much draft capital as they're asking for right now with the whole situation going on. And uh, and so I do think that this is probably likely we were talking about in our private chat how it would make sense for Houston to do this because they don't want to risk him getting injured and then not being able to trade him at all. So uh, this is interesting. You also had Cam who was reportedly talking uh, with Houston or Houston reach out to Cam Newton. So there's a lot still going on in Houston and uh, a lot of weird things and, and not a lot of answers, a lot of rumors, but not a lot of answers. Absolutely. Moving on to the next one. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, who underwent offseason foot surgery, is expected to land on the pup, which will sideline him for the first six weeks. He's officially on the pup, just FYI, being that the Saints have an early buy, placing Thomas on the pup would sideline him for at least five games. Sources Adam Schefter on Twitter. Uh, Johnny, not really a huge surprise here. Uh, Nothing really to see there. Nothing to see, folks. Yeah, not that there was any doubt. Here, Johnny, but Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni has officially named Jalen Hurts today as the Philadelphia's starting QB. Sources Adam Schefter on Twitter. Let's go, baby. Let's yeah. go. We've been saying I, this all. There, I we knew don't this need was going to jack you up. Here. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was already jacked. And then this is just, I love it. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, the big headline is that Cam Newton was cut by the New England Patriots and Mac Jones will be the week one starter. For only the second time in Patriots NFL history that a rookie will be starting opening day. Hey, back then they didn't want him. Now he's hot. They all own him. That's how Who? Mac Jones. Or, yeah, Mac Jones. Who? That's how it's been. Mac Jones. That's Let's we've go. been talking about hey. this. This could be a possibility. And here we are. So upgrades hey. for Jacoby Myers, upgrades for Damian Harris, who will not be robbed of his rushing touchdowns now, uh, likely from to Cam Newton. 
Yeah, we like Jonu Smith. We like all the possession receivers in this offense now. We love the running game, which we know New England is going to pound the rock. So mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff here. I even like flyers on Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, given his ability to catch and run, he could be a guy that should something happen to Harris. Easily, after the Sony Michelle trade, you could have a all-around back in that offense. And don't forget about James White. Uh, because James White now with Mac Jones, he does tend to uh, go through his progressions. He's very good at that. And he checked down many a times in college. So actually uptick to a guy like James White. Absolutely. Um, All right. Uh, The last piece of news here is 49ers quarterback Trey Lance has a small chip in his finger and is expected to miss about a week per head coach Kyle Shanahan. This is from not a computer on Twitter. Not a computer. Yeah. Yeah. It was in his vaccine, I guess, or something. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, so what do we think here, Trey Lance? Obviously, this one is just it, to me. This just solidifies we're going fields over Lance in most leagues for the rookie quarterback with the most upside. Um, and and I think Lance is probably going to be waiting. They're probably going to keep him on wraps for at least uh, till they're by. I believe that's that's true as well. I think because of what we've seen in the preseason, I do think that Lance is much more going to be like hype for next next year not to say that i don't think he he's going to come in and he can't have good fantasy games i do i just think they'll be up and down because of things that we've seen in preseason he's had ups and downs uh but there there's some good highs and there's also some low lows so i i do think as he continues to develop i think next year is when the hype is going to get real for for lance real real johnny of those headlines that we talked about which one has the biggest effect on fantasy football for you know as we head into week one i think it's got to be the mac jones uh i think that now that we have this answer there's no question or debate as to where they're gonna go Uh, i like what we saw in mac jones and i think this benefits their offense the most and all the skill positions you we you know we're bringing up these guys that now we were shutting down before you know james white and and we weren't too excited about their ceiling and and now this opens up that ceiling a little bit more for them uh, as well as Damian gets like probably one of the biggest boosts of all because he get we know from the start that he's getting those goal line carries. So let's go. Let's go and let's tell Whisper Nation about Manscaped. Fantasy football draft season is officially about over, which means it's happening. It's time for you to put the PP back in PPR League with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming just launched the new performance 4.0 package. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers off front offense has been front office has been neglect, neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the two men, two men, join us, the and the two million other men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFW man. That will help you tame the Troy Polamalu in your pants. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code TFWMAN at manscaped.com. T-F-W-M-A-N. Johnny, let's get into these five big burning questions we have here. I'm so stoked. I mean, we, we just wanted to say, look, even after all the saturated news and notes that we've gotten over the offseason, even after the injuries in the preseason, there are still some burning questions we even have about what's going on in fantasy football for the 2021 season. So as we head into week one, we came up with these burning questions. And our first one, Johnny, is the impact of this Sony Michelle trade 
um, on the Rams backfield. So quickly, your your initial reaction to this trade, and then I'll get into some of the stuff I started to dig up with this question. My initial reaction uh, to the trade was I, I still believe that Henderson was going to have uh, the lead dog running back in this, the 1A, and I was pretty confident that he was going to be the projected starter. But after that and seeing other things that are coming out, Travis, I'm starting to feel like this is definitely a running back backfield that you're going to want to try and target at least a piece just to take that gamble because now Henderson's value is so late, uh, much go- going much later than it was before. And I do think that Sony becomes an interesting dart throw because of the fact we've heard that he could potentially be the starter there. We do know he's productive when he does play. So I am excited to dive into this question with you uh, a little bit further. Yeah, so I would agree that that was kind of my initial reaction, too. And then we got to talking on Monday, and I think that's really why I put this um, question in the show, because on our mock draft Monday, it was this question of like Sony versus Henderson. And I actually think the answer is yes, like draft both of them, because in my opinion, um, we just look at all the things that are, are possible for this offense. Let's look at the opportunity with the offense itself first. Johnny Rams ranked top 10 in rushing attempts in three of the Uh, three of their past four seasons. They've also been top seven in rushing DVOA in three of the past four seasons. We also look at the Rams offensive line last year and it became a top three unit again. And we saw acres really, you know, produce down the stretch. So let's profile the two backs we're talking about here, because what, what fails to get mentioned a lot is the fact that Malcolm Brown is now gone and and he's, he's even gone from the the dolphins. He he retired, but he's actually gone out of this offense, which it was a three headed committee at some times last year. Henderson though, if we just look at Daryl Henderson, he had an 83 pass blocking grade last night from uh, last week, last year, geez, (laughs) Uh, from PFF. Last night, last week, and last year, Daryl Henderson was the third best running back in pass blocking grade per pro football focus. Third best of all running backs. I think that's a remarkable uh, grade to have as Daryl Henderson because that's going to keep him on the field as their starter, in my opinion. His receiving grade was 67.9. So not a guy we know for receiving, but a guy that scored within the top 50 at the position uh, in that, in that grade after receiving 21 or averaging 21 catches per season at Memphis, Henderson caught 16 balls in 11 games that he started last year. Um, that's a little, and I mean, started as, you know, was on the field for the, for a lot of snaps, a little over one per game. So nothing to write home about with the receiving, but I do believe the pass blocking gives him a little bit of an edge over Sony Michelle Henderson's college tape showed his ability to catch though, and make plays in the passing game. And I remember when the Rams took him, in 2019, they were jacked about his upside in that aspect of his game, even saying some light Kamara types or uh, comps to him during that time. We look at uh, Cam Akers missed or was limited in four of his first eight games. During those games, uh, in, and with Malcolm Brown still on the field, we saw Henderson average 17.5 touches, over 80 all-purpose yards, 4.6 yards per carry. He scored three times, but the big one was that he averages 12 PPR points in weeks three through seven. He was also better at converting at the goal line than Cam Akers was last year. Um, And so you like that as well as an ability to score a touchdown. If we look at Sonny Michelle, obviously the sample size has not been great given his uh, injury history last year, his pa- pass blocking grade in limited action was 73.2. His receiving grade better than that of Daryl Henderson with 82.6, but still not used a lot after, after averaging 16 catches per season at Georgia in his 28 games in the NFL, 
Sony Michelle has just 26 receptions total. So it's not like he is out there in a huge sample size tearing it up. And finally, I just want to talk about what McVay has said, you know, regarding Henderson after this trade. So this is a quote, and I know Coach Speak can can get out there, but I, I tend to believe this one. Daryl is still going to have a really big role, Sean McVay said. Doesn't really change the outlook for him, and then we'll see how quickly we can get Sony up to speed. And I think this is relatively true because they did use Malcolm Brown as, as a third piece, as a complementary piece, and I do think they would use somebody like Sony Michelle as a complimentary piece for Daryl Henderson. Now, I don't don't get me wrong. I think you should invest in Sony Michelle because should anything happen to Henderson, who hasn't been very healthy in his own right, you know, Sony Michelle would step into a very large role and, you know, vice versa. Should anything happen to Sony, I think, you know, Henderson's upsides even more. But both are being priced very well, Johnny, for an offense that we've seen produce huge numbers at the running back position. The thing that I like about Sony is sure that New England didn't use him as a pass catcher, which was a little bit weird because he was so good at it in college. So I do expect, you know, Sean McVay to use him much more in that role as he goes there. It did make sense to me when, you know, like heading back to like my first reaction that he was going to take that Malcolm Brown role for them. Uh, but it is, uh, once again, with Shefty coming out and saying that he could potentially be the lead running back there, and we know how much Matthew Stafford likes to check down. He's always done that to running backs. And then you also ha- look at the fact that, you know, Sean McVay seems to, when he doesn't like a player, he tends to find reasons why he shouldn't play him. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't 100% like Henderson, but if you look at his track record, right, he's he's kind of proven that he hasn't really uh, loved what he's seen from Henderson by drafting acres and and bringing in some other guys to take his role. So there is a lot of cause for concern for me for Henderson. I think he could start the season off, you know, fairly hot. And then, uh, you know, as Sony picks up more and more of the playbook, I could see Sony end up, you know, I, that's so weird to say. And I don't I don't like saying that, you know, seeing saying Sony is potentially going to come in and take this over and then you could ride him to the playoffs maybe but uh yeah it's uh yeah it's a sticky situation now for sure I actually think that it's not as sticky I'm I'm, I'm just going to stand firm in this I do believe that it was a depth piece that they picked up Sony Michelle you look at Mr. Miyagi saying he looked great in preseason but the Rams got him super cheap yep was a super cheap deal didn't have to send a lot over to get him doesn't make me think that they're bringing him in to be the starter I think they still believe in Henderson and they want him to be the lead back and they're going to use Sony Michelle in the complimentary role that doesn't mean that I'm not out there drafting Sony Michelle in my last two drafts I definitely stashed him on the bench because Mm -hmm. as Johnny said should anything happen he could easily easily be the lead uh, back and in this offense could lead you home. Uh, Mr. Miyagi says Trey Sermon or Sony. I'd go Sermon. I think I agree with that as well. I think I'd be taking Sermon ahead of Sony as well. So Johnny, for our second question, we wanted to talk about that Broncos passing attack because Teddy Bridgewater has been named the starter. So Johnny, how do we feel about the Broncos passing attack heading into week one with Teddy B as the starter? I wanted to talk about this because the initial reaction when it first happened was like, oh, man, the upside is now capped because Teddy B is now under center and we don't have the big cannon Drew Locke arm 
now under center who's willing to take those gambling risks. So when it first came out, once again, the first initial reaction was, well, this is kind of a downgrade to Sutton. This is a downgrade to, to Hamler. And, you know, Jerry Judy, we liked more uh, because he's playing that slot role when it's like a three wide receiver set. He is also on the outside when playing a two wide receiver set. And he's looked phenomenal, phenomenal during preseason. And that's what you like about Teddy B is like he's going he's willing to wait and wait for his progressions and and go with the safest play. And so that was why it was initially a downgrade to Sutton. However, as I continue to watch his tape and and look at the preseason and what's going on, I do think that based on what I've seen from Sutton, another injury or another part of Sutton's concern, right, was the injury coming back. He, he you know, reports from uh, beat reporters and out of camp was that he still isn't 100 percent, you know, confident in that knee cutting on that knee. And what we saw was in that preseason, he was making some of those cuts and he looked good. Now, I'm not saying to this now puts Sutton back on the board for a super high, high upside wide receiver one. I don't think it's quite there. I do think he'll be pretty good with Teddy B because we have to remember Teddy Bridgewater produced three top 30 wide receivers last year for Carolina. And I do think that he could get somewhat close to that again this season, Travis. Uh, you looking at Sutton. I don't think his ceiling is is quite there, but I do think I, I want to remember remind our listeners, excuse me, that last year. Robbie Anderson playing a very similar role to Sutton was still able to garner a 25% market share in, in from Teddy Bridgewater, as well as Robbie Anderson finished as the wide receiver 23 in a, a half point PPR league. So there is still solid wide receiver two production there for Sutton. I think the same could be said for Jerry Judy, especially when you're looking at what he's got. And now, you know, teams could possibly make play more man now that Sutton's back. And I just want to throw this out from Matt Harmon's reception percent reception perception. He said this Jerry Judy posted a 75% success rate versus man coverage, which was third best among rookies last year and falls at the 87th percentile in all time reception perception history. So Jerry Judy already proving that he can handle one-on-ones. He should get more one-on-one coverage this year. He did have a lot of drops last year. He, he was one of the league leaders in drops, Travis. So I do think this is going to be a big year for Jerry Judy. I want to remind listeners as well, DJ Moore last year finished as the wide receiver 21 in half-point PPR league. So definitely some good, solid upside there for Jerry Judy. And then I do want to touch on Noah Fant because a lot of people were heavy on Noah Fant as a potential sleeper. And especially with Teddy B coming in. And my problem with this is that, sure, Teddy B is a lot more consistent. He's a lot more accurate than Drew Locke. But he's got more weapons now than Noah Fant had last year uh, and as well as two years ago when uh, you when he didn't have Teddy B as his, as his uh, quarterback. It was basically him and Sutton. And so I think that's why he garnered such a big target market share. And in history, Travis, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't really thrown to the tight end a whole lot. 
He's really utilized his wide receivers, felt comfortable with his wide receivers. And to be fair to Noah Fant, he hasn't really had a super athletic tight end either to like target. Sure. But I do love your point about the weapons around Noah Fant. I mean, they're just there are so many options around him to yep. pass the ball to. Um, you know, initially when you were making this argument, um, and you've made it before uh, a couple of days ago, we were talking off air. I've heard in the industry that the narrative is well. Denver's defense much better than Carolina's last year, which could mean that they will not pass the ball as much. But when I looked at the numbers last year and this Denver defense wasn't terrible last year, it'll be improved from last year. I imagine so, but it wasn't that bad. We had a situation where actually Carolina averaged fewer attempts per game and attempts on average than Denver. And the problem with Denver was the dumpster fire at quarterback where they didn't complete a lot of these passes. So now you've got Teddy B who has a high completion percentage over his career. He's a very accurate quarterback. He's a safe quarterback. I think this is an absolute wheels up for um, a guy in Jerry Judy. And it's an absolute, uh, you know, Look, the, the ADP is just so good for Sutton. You have to take him here because is there mm -hmm. if there is a chance that Judy isn't the alpha or that he can Teddy can sustain like he did in Carolina, these multiple wide receivers, then you've got to invest in that, especially with a defense. We could say the reverse. If the defense is going to be getting them the ball back a lot, this is, has an opportunity for more opportunities in the game. Mm -hmm. I'm so, with you on this. I, I wasn't initially on Sutton, and I thought that this would kill Sutton's value, but I think that Sutton's so good at playing wide receiver, and we've seen him be so valuable even with other quarterbacks and, and you mm -hmm. know, Brock Osweiler and, and just kind of dumpster fires at quarterback. So for me, I think Sutton is actually a guy that I want to invest in um, as well as Jerry Judy, and I think this offense is something to be targeting. That I just want to make two final notes. One is that Noah is also dealing with a, a lay a lower leg injury. And so he will miss a couple of years, expected to miss a couple of games into the regular season. So that also doesn't bode well for him. And then I do want to mention, don't I don't want to deep dive into him, but KJ Hamler, he will most likely miss the Vic Vic Vangio said you most likely miss week one against the Rams. But I would bet. Um, that within week two or week three, we will be talking and, and writing about KJ Hamler as a waiver wire pickup because there is a lot of uh, upside potential there with KJ Hamler because of Teddy B. Absolutely great point. And another good point is if you continue to love this daily fantasy football content, please hit that like button on your way in and hit us with the subscribe on the YouTube channel if you can. It helps us grow the channel and continue to put this content out for you each and every single day so please hit the like hit the subscribe and help a brother out or a couple brothers we're trying, out we're trying to get to 2k before the start of the season we're really we're close. close yeah like just help us out let's, let's smash that before we get there we got a little bit over a week or just just under yeah. a week just over under a week. over over a week. under over all right under. eight days <laughs> eight on. days our third question, Johnny, and this is a big one because this is an offense that we believe is really good uh, in Tampa Bay, but how do we project the Tampa Bay wide receivers now that all three are fully healthy? We've been talking about them uh, a lot over the offseason, but we haven't really dug into why we think that all three are valuable, why we think this offense is one you should invest in, and what that means for Tom Brady. So I just want to take well, a look. plenty of meat on that bone. Travis. Oh, abs absolutely. We we hear the argument all the time that there's too many mouths to feed. This might be the perfect amount of mouths to feed for, you know, the goat in Tom Brady. We look at what they were able to do. So Bra Antonio Brown came on late last year. But what we saw is that weeks nine through 17 last year, all three of those big three played eight games. And so 
yes, you say a small sample size, but I actually think this is the perfect sample size to look at for Tampa Bay because what we saw was Brady finally get comfortable in the offense, all the wide receivers playing together healthy. And what did we see, Johnny? Well, we saw that, you know, Godwin really wasn't the compiler that we thought he was going to be coming into last year. Everybody was comparing him to the Edelman role um, that Brady had in the past. If we look at A.B. and Evans, they tied for the target lead with 162 in those eight games. We look at Evans leading in touchdowns and average depth of target, so we know he's that big play threat in this offense. Godwin led in yards per target with 10.39, so he's very effective in getting down the field and, and could easily be a compiler on most other teams. But you're playing with a guy in Antonio Brown who is an extremely crisp route runner who has the chemistry down pat with Tom Brady for whatever reason. Brady loves the guy, wants him to stay in his house, wants to see him resurrect his career. Um, if you look at the touchdown breakdown, obviously Mike Evans led with six, but then Godwin got five. Also, Antonio Brown got five. You know, we look at the big plays, receptions over 40 plus yards. Godwin, four of those. Antonio Brown, only one. So there's a big mix of just the fact that all three of these guys are good and they play their role extremely well. And Brady's so good at distributing the ball that they get it to every single one of them. If we look at what happened during that span, Evans was the wide receiver 11 in PPR. Godwin was the wide receiver 17 and AB was the wide receiver 21. All three of them, at least wide receiver twos with, with Evans being a wide receiver one. Evans being drafted as a wide receiver 14 in PPR, so more at his floor at 402. Godwin, once again, wide receiver two, but being drafted as a wide receiver 19 in PPR at 411. Again, kind of towards his floor. And then, but maybe the most criminal of all, Johnny, A.B., who was a wide receiver two, is being drafted as the wide receiver 29 in the seventh round. I think the best point here is that all three are being drafted at more of their floor, and it seems likely that Brady loves them all and can get them in all the ways they need to. And we should also love all of this for Brady, who is being drafted as the QB9 in ADP right now. You know, if it's good for the gander, it's good for the geese or whatever the saying is. I just love what's going on here, uh, and I love the potential potential upside of all three of these guys. I've taken Evans. I've taken a lot of Brown. Um, I haven't drafted as much Godwin, but that would change if, you know, going into this week. And I think Godwin's even a value as well where he's being drafted. So I don't know, Johnny, I, I was really excited to look at some of these deep numbers for the Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, this will be a definite uh, question will be thrown a lot during the regular season, especially because teams can land multiple, you know, Tampa Bay wide receivers. I do think that we are in store for a big Tom Brady season. I think that you're absolutely right in, in talking about AB and his value. I think he's the best value of all of them. I am a little bit more on the Chris Godwin bandwagon over uh, Mike Evans. It's just we've seen a decline in his target market share each of the last three seasons, which gives me a little bit more pause. But again, he's so dominant and he's not like, again, he's never finished a season under a thousand receiving yards. I don't expect that to be broken. I think that they're going to try to keep that streak alive as well because football players, uh, they know these records. They want to, they keep track of them, you know, and, and it's something to strive for. So I definitely think once again, there's going to be a plenty of volume to go around. It just, what week is is gonna you know what week is each wide receiver going to go off that could get a little tricky but again we look and dive into the regular season matchups each and every single week on here and we will help you out with those matchups because those will will reveal a lot yep i think uh what we're about to get revealed right now is in chicago which is our yeah. fourth question and I, and 
Go. I do want, sorry, before we move on to uh, the next one, just because it's relevant, uh, Mr. Miyagi asking for the teams that lost Irv Smith, we forgot to mention that in the news today, Irv Smith going down out for the season. Uh, do you, where do you see OJ Howard and Travis, you know, real quick, I'll just say, I, I would rather take a, a, a flyer. If I'm an Irv Smith person, I would, I would uh, rather take a flyer on like a Mo Ali Cox or Anthony Furkser. Gerald because Everett, I just, uh, Gerald, I Gerald Everett, perfect example. I do like that one a lot uh, because I just think the volume is going to be there over, you know, having to split time with Gronk and OJ Howard. Yeah, we just talked about 162 targets for, you know, these guys in the passing attack for Tampa Bay. And I, I don't think that you can bang the drum. There's too many mouths to feed when you talk about this. But when we have three clear wide receivers inside the top 24, there really probably isn't much left volume wise for O.J. Howard, who's also going to be splitting time with your boy Rob Gronkowski, who Brady yeah. loves a lot as well. So just not a lot there. I love O.J. Howard, love the talent. I just don't see a breakout role in his future for this season. All right, Johnny, we got to talk about Justin Fields because the more and more I watch this kid, the more I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm fanboying for a Chicago Bears quarterback, but here's where we are. Johnny, I uh, this is where we're at. Uh, Justin Fields, and we need to know when he's going to start and what effect it's going to have on the offense. Yeah, so I am with you. I usually don't fanboy over rookie quarterbacks, Travis, but it is so hard not to with Justin Fields. I mean, one, he's super electric and fun to watch. He's a great, it's a great story, right? But then you see what he's putting together in preseason. And I don't understand. It is preseason. Teams aren't going full ham and, and you know, scheming out defensive systems and, and things like that for each of these teams. They're just, you know, playing. But what he's really shown throughout these games, the progression, Travis, is absolute magical and on his last preseason game in which he started he was 30 for 49 you love that the pass attempts were way up there and i really think it was a major part because they really wanted to see what they had in justin fields but you like seeing that the potential could get up this high right but check this out 276 passing yards 92 rushing yards travis talk about a konami code and then three touchdowns he had a zero interceptions and he had a 96.98 pass rating I don't know if you saw one of those passing touchdowns Travis but it was absolutely gorgeous he was you know rushing to the right dime throw corner of the end zone guy was leaning out of bounds toe tap money that's what it was and I was just it was such a beautiful throw I there's no way Andy Dalton Andy Dalton's last last throw in the preseason that he just keeps replaying, Travis, is a pick. Meanwhile, you got Justin Fields over here just tearing it up. So I am completely on the Justin Fields bandwagon. I think he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback this year. I think he has a tremendous upside. And so, you know, a lot of people are asking the question, when do you think Justin Fields will come in? It is, we have seen Matt Nagy not waver. Oh, Andy Dalton is the guy. Andy Dalton's the guy. And he's slowly started to walk that back over the last, you know, week and a half after he's seen Fields really explode over, over that time. And so I do think he's going to stick with Andy Dalton week one against the Rams because that is a brutal defense. And I don't think he wants Fields to go out there in his first game against a defense like that. But then check this out. After that, Travis, you've got the Bengals. Cleveland, Lions, Raiders, and Packers. I do expect Cleveland's defense to be vastly improved, but the rest of those aren't 
majorly concerning to you as far as matchups go. I would bet that by week two, Justin Fields is named the starter, and I cannot wait. I think it's going to be great. And just to touch on the pass catchers and what this does really quick on a secondary note, Travis, I think that this is great news for uh, a guy like David Montgomery, who also, uh, side note, Tyreek Cohen placed on the pup list. So he is out uh, at least six games minimum. So a lot of people had the concern of what about Tyreek Cohen and the pass catching. I, you know, I'm not concerned with him. And then you look at uh, Darnell Mooney. I think this opens up the ceiling for him because Fields will scramble, find him. He's, you know, great at that. And then as far as, uh, you know, I, people will question Robbie or Allen Robinson, but the dude is one of the most solid wide receivers, most consistent wide receivers. He's going to get over 140 targets. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He's, he's proven that. And he's going to get over a thousand yards receiving. So, I, I think that this is a huge benefit across the board for all these bears. Yeah. I, I mean, David Montgomery is my bromance. So the, the yeah. Cohen news only helps. So you that. can't I'll even get, go against it. Yeah. I cannot go against it. Uh, I can't go against Allen Robinson who I've taken in, in a couple drafts recently as well, because I think Allen Robinson is just a lock for 160 targets or around that range. And like this guy's just a stud and he continues to do what he does. Um, yeah, I mean, this Bears offense becomes so much more exciting with Justin Fields, but I think that there's very good reason to think that the, all the weapons are good, even if Fields takes a little while. But I'm with you. I, I don't know why they wouldn't start Fields to start, but the, we've talked about the Rams being the first game. So maybe they're, you know, they want Andy Dalton to be the sacrificial lamb. Whatever it is, we are all begging for Fields to start in fantasy football, and we are all drafting him late in our drafts because of the. I'm going to throw you out that. as the sacrificial lamb for our show, Travis. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> All right. Our fifth and final burning question, Johnny, is coming up right now. But first, I'd like to ask everybody who's watching to like and subscribe if they can and help us out, help us grow the channel. Uh, if you're watching right now, thank you. Thank you so much. If you're listening on audio, thank you. Thank you so much. Please get over to the YouTube channel and hit subscribe. Help us to get to 2,000 subscribers before the start of the NFL season. We would love that, and we would love to continue to bring you all that content throughout the regular season. Johnny, we have to talk about Seattle's offense because we've been staunchly saying like that the inconsistency, right, Johnny, has really burned us, both in Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and just the way that they will not let Russ cook consistently over the entire year. So, Johnny, my question is, what will Seattle's offense look like, and will it sustain that change all year long? Johnny, are you with me? Because I'll tell you in a second with the stats and with the reasons why I'm kind of turning around on the, on the offense and thinking I actually might invest. Are you still trepid? You know, are you still being very trepid, uh, trepiditious? Are you still being, very, um, are you still being, you know, hesitant or cautious when, when approaching this Seattle offense? I, I kind of am like, I'm still buying into Chris Carson heavy. I do think, my big thing is that we keep asking and keep wanting for us to start cooking. And we've seen some potential of that, but it just, it goes against everything that Pete Carroll stands for. So I just, I think it's just going to be like, you know, in his, in his office, when they start to throw more and he's just to be like, I can't do it. Captain. I just can't do it. We got to go back to, <laughs> to running it. You know, what was that uh, from, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, he's bringing yeah. out the Mrs. Doubtfire. That's my issue. I do think there is a very good possibility because we have been asking for it for so long and we've seen what his upside is when he can really get it going and get it cooking. 
But again, like, I, you know, it has never wavered me off of DK. I think DK is the most solid g- guy in this offense as far as uh, production goes. I think I'm still buying into Chris Carson. But I want you to try to give me one last persuasion before the draft weekend. I have a bunch of drafts this weekend. So I, if I'm going to buy in now, it's going to take you convincing me right now. Yeah, so this one's tough because we want to try and capture some of the ceiling that's there. If we look at the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, he's hired from the Rams coaching staff, very familiar with Seattle. So that should help in the transition because he's seen them so much. He's also seen those that Ram defense a lot. So that should help the offense. I like that. The amount of flack that Seattle has gotten from not only the fans, but Russ himself in regards to the line play and the lack of propensity to throw the football consistently over the year. I think that will play into it here because they went and hired the guy who not only does what Russ wants in a high powered offense to pass, but if you look at what the Rams have done, they've been, we talked about a top 10 and and rushing attempts three of the last four seasons. So they're going to get a great mix of running the ball, which is what Pete Carroll wants and throwing the ball with high efficiency, which is what Russell Wilson is so good at. We got to look at last year's and, uh, you know, team, the the three, the big three, you know, Russ, DK and Lockett and the effect that the up and down offense had on the players. We look at Russ, whose worst QB finish in fantasy over the last eight years is QB nine. He had over forty two hundred passing yards. It was this career, 40 passing touchdowns. That was a career high. So we look at a guy who's peaking in the right direction. He had five hundred thirteen rushing yards last year, 83 rushing attempts. That's on on par with his career average. He's been the most valuable QB in the NFL since twenty nineteen per PFF war, which is wins above replacement. That was Russell Wilson. We love that. Over the last two seasons, his first half average, you know, the first eight games has been QB seven, but his second half average has been QB 17. So that's what we're talking about. The inconsistency in the offense last week through week nine, his lowest QB weekly finish was QB 10. But since, you know, after week nine, his, he only finished in the top 10 one single time. We look at the Rams and the Cardinals and the way they were able to play him tough. We look at the line play. We hope that that's, uh, you know, and we hope the new offense is going to help because we look at DK Metcalf. He finished as the wide receiver five in standard, seven in PPR, but in weeks one through nine, eight games, he was only, he was the wide receiver two. And if we look at the weeks one through nine, he was the wide receiver or nine, the rest of the season, he finishes the wide receiver 23 in, in those last eight games. So big difference. His five plus a hundred yard games was fifth most in the NFL and 20 targets. He was top 20 in targets and in just his second season, but top five in red zone targets with 39. So there's huge upside for DK. There's obviously huge upside for Lockett. Three straight seasons finishing as the wide receiver 17 or better in PPR. He finished as the wide receiver eight in PPR last year. Back-to-back seasons with over 1,000 yards, 28 touchdowns in his in the last three seasons. We look at 130 targets last year. But he was only a wide receiver two or better, Johnny, on 39% of his games in the last two years. Wide receiver two or better in only 31% of his games last year. Not a great stat to have. So we look at the absolute ceiling that this offense can have and the absolute floor that this offense can have and what it does for these players. And I'll tell you what, we got to look at what we're hearing out of camp around this offense. We've heard DK say that this is a more advanced offense. It's not just a chuck it, go deep offense that it was last year. I looked at this article from Bob Condotta of the Seattle Times, and it was talking about what Shane Waldron is bringing to the Rams. This is his quote. But through the first five padless days of camp, a few themes have emerged. Specifically, players say that the offense is emphasizing a quicker pace, both in terms of taking less time between snaps, should help with the offensive line, 
And then the quote continues, but also in increasing the number of types of plays that get the ball out of Wilson's hands more quickly. So a more plethora of plays that can get him out of at the ball out of his hands. Also, it's quick tight end Gerald Everett, who came over, who spent the last four years with the Rams, said the offense isn't a complete makeover and that there are still elements of what Seattle ran previously. The quote is, I would take, I would have to say 50-50, honestly, Everett said Monday. There are some similarities to the Rams, but you look around the league, every offense is running something of the same. Given the ceiling of these players, Johnny, and the way the offense is being talked about, about players and these beat writers, I can't help but be excited because it seems like what they want to do is take what worked well for the Seattle Seahawks last year, implement that with what is going to work well for helping Russell Wilson not get sacked as much and helping to really target these big you know, very successful wide receivers. I just don't see how you have this much talent for a peaking Russell Wilson and not have more consistency for a guy who has actually been, you know, consistent year end, but hasn't had, you know, had a little bit of volatility. I think that this could even out in a big way. And, and, and the discount you're getting on some of these guys, including Lockett and Russ Wilson is something to kind of look at. I mean, I, I will say that Russell Wilson is being heavily discounted, which is nice. It doesn't bother me as much taking him because of where he's going for the upside risk versus reward. There is, is somewhat worth it. And then if he does end up cooling off, you just have to be under the understanding. If you have him that you might have to play someone with a less, you know, big name. uh, If he starts to fall off that cliff or starts to slump you might have to have that, you know, battle with yourself if you're able to. There is that night. The one thing I will say that I'm I'm still not going to waver on. I, I still can't come around and get myself to come around to is the Tyler Lockett debate. I just think he's too inconsistent for me to take, especially, you know, I understand where he finished at the end of the year. But this isn't a, you know, unless you're in best ball, I don't care how, you know, it is nice to look at those stats. But it's also we have to remind ourselves it's a weekly game. And, you know, when he is not a wide 39 percent of the time, I mean, you know, 40 or 61 percent, if I could do quick math in my head, uh, 61 percent of the time, he's he's way worse than a a wide receiver two or wide receiver uh, top 30 wide receiver. So I don't like that from that perspective. Also, the other side. The other thing that hinders me on Tyler Lockett is you brought up Everett. I think Everett's going to garner a lot more targets than people think. I think they will utilize him. And and we have seen Russell Wilson use a good tight end before. So I do think that 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 loses a little tarnish for Tyler Lockett that people aren't talking about. But I do like, again, once again, I just this makes me even more excited for DK because imagine if they start using him more in slants, like he's going to be unguardable. And you're talking about quickly getting the ball out by Russell to those quick slants. I do think that this uh, you know breaks the, the ceiling a little bit more open for a guy like DK. So I'm really excited for DK this year. All right, well, those are our five biggest questions, Whisper Nation. We want to know what your biggest questions are, so make sure you're hitting us up on all social media platforms and asking us what your biggest questions are heading into week one. We will try to solve them for you. And don't forget the regular season schedule is set to start next week, which means pretty much daily fantasy football content. But the best way to make sure you catch it all is by subscribing over on the YouTube channel, turning your notifications on, and making sure you are part of Whisper Nation Johnny, we got a behind the scenes here, so we'll just kind of break for a little bit and get the behind the scenes going. Um, and we're going to be doing some giveaways for our Patreon channel, which is another opportunity to say that get over to patreon.com, search the Fantasy Whispers. We're doing uh, sports card giveaways today. We're also doing a jersey giveaway, T.Y. Hilton yep. jersey, right, Johnny? Yeah. So uh, any last words for, for the main show here? 
I just want to reiterate what our regular season um, schedule is going to be for Whisper Nation so they know. We will not be live on next Monday on Labor Day. Uh, That day we will be taking off, but we will have a show on Friday. And then as we get into the regular season, it will be a Monday night football show where you can come hang out, ask us some questions. We'll be talking fantasy, have some people on from the industry. It'll be fun. Uh, Tuesday will be a waiver wire show. And then Wednesday, we will be uh, previewing the Thursday night. That will be a live stream as well. We'll be previewing that Thursday night matchup. And then we will have our matchup releases uh, on Thursday and Friday. We will also go live on Friday for the news and nuggets and going through all that, getting you prepared for the weekend. And then it all ends and, well, certainly begins, I guess, for a lot of people on that Sunday morning live stream where we will help you out with those weekly tough distances lineup decisions so that's yeah make sure, make and again sure if, uh, if all that sounds like so much it is because we're doing daily fantasy football content to get you ready for each stage of the week that happens in fantasy football especially in redraft so make sure you like and subscribe over on youtube and hit those notifications because that's the best way to keep in, in contact with all of it mr miyagi saying his biggest question is tomorrow's lottery numbers unfortunately we i wish we could tell you that that would be yeah. I, if, I, if we could tell you that, I probably wouldn't be doing fantasy football predictions either. You know, we'd be doing lottery number predictions. Yeah, yeah probably. Is. <laughs> yeah. All right, fun. we'll catch you in a little bit. Whisper Nation. And we're back. (laughs) We did it. Behind the scenes. Uh, Obviously, we are getting ready to give you. What are we giving away first, Johnny? So first, we'll draw the name for whoever is going to get the card pack. Okay. And then we will put Figure out who's in their card pack, correct? um, Should we do it that way? Or we could... Yeah, and then we could do the jersey giveaway last, or do we want yeah, to? Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Um, okay. Let's do the card pack giveaway, giveaway exclusively. And, Johnny, just a reminder is um, is how we're doing it. Is there a difference in breakdown with who is involved in which drawing, or is it everybody that's subscribed on Patreon, and what tier is that? And just let the people know. Yeah, so uh, anybody who is uh, involved or donates to our Patreon – uh, either five or ten dollars a month gets automatically entered into the drawing for the card giveaway each and every single month that we do at the end of the month, uh, and then or on the first, I should say, we do the drawing on the first of the month, and uh, and so yeah, only five dollars or ten envelopes with a bunch of cards in each one, and so you will we'll do that. Oh, and then I got I got things falling over now. Look at that when you have. <laughs> We got We're doing it live. We're doing it live. So, so yeah. Nation, again, if you want to be involved in one of these giveaways, you know, just get over to Patreon, you know, five or $10 level. We'll get you, you know, 10 will give you a little bit extra chance to get in there. Uh, but the $5 level also, um, you know, can get you in as well. So head on over to patreon.com, search the fancy whispers today. Johnny, let's spin the wheel to see who spin is it. winning this Chris, uh, this, uh, this card pack. <laughs> Here we if go. It's, if it's Chris, which is the name I read when I said I know that would be pretty, pretty yeah. Be rigged here. They're gonna be like, uh, oh, oh number Jacob, number one fan, Jacob Bly. 
Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. And the, the wheel didn't lie for our number one fan here. Right. He is the winner so, of, our, of our pack here. So let's try and get this. Uh, we're going we're gonna to put these numbers in real quick. And then this is, this is live. This is how you know it's live. As Johnny does that, I want to answer right. Jake Jake Kerchevel's, uh question here. Do I trade for Henderson or Damian Harris? I think you trade for Har- Harris if you have the opportunity above those two because Harris's role is solidified. We talked about if Cam Newton's not there, then the, the touchdowns aren't vultured as much, and I just think ha- Harris is going to be part of an offense where we know what his role is. I love Henderson too, and I think the upside is there, but the floor is definitely much lower than a Damian Harris. All right. We are picking for whatever envelope, so it will – Got 10 envelopes here, and Jacob Lye. Let's see what he gets. Let's we'll do then, it. The then wheel. we'll open it. Then we'll open it right here, we'll and let then you we'll know. do the drawing for uh, the jersey giveaway. Number six. Six. All right. One, two, three, four, five, and Boom, Look at that confetti, dude, just popping dude, off right now. popping off. Everything's just popping off right now. Another reminder, I'm going to drop the link in here as well, but another reminder that if you want in on this action, if you want to win these sports cards, and there's good cards in there, Johnny. Like, it's not a – we're not just blowing smoke right now. There's some great cards in these packs. This this first one's already – ooh, and the second one. Ooh, we got a good one. All right. All right, go ahead. Let them know. But, uh, yeah, if you you, you guys want involved, just I'm going to drop the link to the Patreon and make sure you can get over there and subscribe if you guys are feeling it upon yourself to support the brand and get involved in some of these giveaways. Appreciate you. Sorry, Travis. I'm really excited about these cards. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited too. I'm excited for Jacob here. So first one here, we got a TJ Hawkinson rookie card. Dude. I know, right? Hey, Hawk is my bromance this year. If you guys hey. don't know, I'm I'm big on some Hawk. Johnny mm. hates him, but I love him. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> Second card here. We got a Calvin Ridley rookie card. A lot of people are high on Calvin Ridley. So that's a pretty that's a pretty good one. Ooh, this one. This one is uh we got a Drew Locke rookie card. We'll see if he comes back and ends up being the starter. Uh and then the last one here. We got a Devin Singletary, rookie, red, white, and blue. So there you go. There you have it. Jacob Lye, way to go, man. So one more time, Devin Singletary, rookie. We got a Drew Locke, rookie. We have a Calvin Ridley, score, rookie. Love that. And then a TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson and Ridley, man, that's a great pack right there. So congratulations to Jacob Lye, the winner of this month's sports card giveaway again. We posted that Patreon link in there. If you guys want to support the the channel and the brand, you are going to get entered in to this uh, sports car giveaway. But also, Johnny, what we're about to do now, which is the jersey giveaway. And what jersey are we giving away today? I believe it's T.Y. Hilton, correct? Yes, that is correct. So, uh, and it's not, it's, so there's significance to this T.Y. Hilton jersey here. So it is a signed T.Y. Hilton. Uh, the significance of this jersey, Travis, is that uh, if this were an NFT, it would go wild right now. It is the <laughs> second second jersey that we ever purchased for our show uh, to put in the wall uh, when we first started. So it has very significant uh, ties to our channel, and uh, that's why we thought it was important and would be fun to start off the jersey giveaway with that. Uh, and our jerseys will uh, get significantly better as uh, the season continues on. But we thought it'd be fun uh, as to start the Jersey giveaway with these or with this Jersey, I should say, because of its significance to us. So 
Travis, we got our names in here. And uh, again, this is for anyone who is in the $10 tier uh, for Patreon. You get entered in this. So you can win a signed jersey, Travis, for 10 bucks. That's pretty wild. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's exactly what's going to happen here is somebody for this month won a jersey for yeah. $10, and it's a T.Y. Hilton jersey. And, yeah, say what you want about Hilton's the last couple of years, but this is, again, the best player per Andrew Luck that he's ever played with. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's take a look at who's going to win here. Let's go. Let's find out. All right, spin that wheel. You know what to do. You won't. And the winner of the T.Y. Hilton jersey is... John Durst. Jonathan Durst, that. congratulations, T.Y. Hilton. He is coming All your right. way. We will make sure we get that out to you. Thank you to everyone over on Patreon.com who supported. We will continue to do these monthly drawings, yep. and we will continue to get you all sorts of bonus content, including what we love to do, which is the Face-Off Friday. That's an exclusive piece for our Patreon. Um, and during the regular season, we're just going to help you with some of the biggest lineup questions and I don't know if we can announce this yet, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna do it. Underdog right. fantasy yeah. linking up with underdog fantasy. So for some of your pick'em and and rival and and other ways you can make money on underdog fantasy, you can do it through us. So we'll get that out to you guys as soon as we can. Mister Miyagi had a personal question here. I just found you guys this year from the YouTube algorithm. When did you start the show, and how do you know each other, Johnny? You want to take the first part of this question? Yeah, I want to say thank you to the YouTube algorithm for bringing us Mister Miyagi. Because he has been awesome, a legend uh, and legend. Wax on, so wax off. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, he came in here with Stormtrooper as his original name, uh, and oh, and then okay. yeah, which was pretty sweet. Um, I like that one as well, as a Star Wars fan. But uh, yeah, so the we'll get to this uh, second part of this question. So we know each other because uh, we actually we went to college together. Although we didn't have any classes, we had yeah. friends of friends uh, and then uh, mutual friends, I should say. And we met through our league at our draft it was actually the first time that I ever met Travis uh, was at our league draft uh, actually in, at B-dubs. Or, or no, it was California at the California draft. That's what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah, we, we met uh through this fantasy football league that we're actually drafting in this this weekend the uh, totem the only league that matters our league of record um and yeah i mean when did we start the show uh it's been four years now yeah i believe you know you can look all the way back although i would not suggest it to listen no, to our first episode. i wouldn't either um but yeah we've been doing this we we look that league of record we talked about so much during the off season we loved it so much that we realized we had a passion for just talking about fantasy sports and helping people with their lineups and helping get you guys that championship um and so that became our dedication and we have grinded and we are continuing to grind and we want to do this every day you know pretty much for the rest of our lives as our as our passion to you know make money off of this and but also be able to bring in a community together and inspire people that they belong within the community of whisper nation and and help them win in fantasy football and help them enjoy fantasy football yeah and that's really a big part. And, and really enjoy it you know most of all live draft and get with your buddies and understand how this game is so special so cheers to mr miyagi cheers to the rest of you here watching on youtube and cheers to everyone supporting on patreon don't forget if you got a draft this weekend to get our draft kit subscribe over on youtube and of course help us out on patreon all of these things help you be a better fantasy football player and help us be better fantasy football analysts and bring you more and more information the best way we can as well as Mr. Miyagi doing all he said he had subbed and he told his league to sub as well. You want to become a better fantasy player, 
you elevate the game of everyone in your league, mm. and that's how you become a better fantasy player. Yeah, fair so, point. Appreciate you so much, Mr. Miyagi, for chiming in there. And that's all we got. That's all we got today, folks. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend, Whisper Nation. Right here. Oh, hey, you made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw and you want to learn how to dominate your own draft and win your own league, head on over to thefantasywhispers.com and grab your copy of the Fantasy Whispers Draft Kit today. Or click the link in the description below. And if you're still not sold, check out one of these videos.